His nickname is Casey's Pilot, and he was born in 1948 in Quebec, in the city of Rimouski, to a Scottish mother and a Quebecois father. His father is a war hero, but also a former bootlegger and aviation enthusiast. Raymond Boulanger testifies, I started to fly on my father's lap. I was eight or nine years old. But it is in Cartierville, in the suburb of Montreal, that he gets his pilot's license. He is just 16 years old. His skills as a bush pilot attract the attention of the CIA. In the 1970s, he carries out surveillance missions during the Vietnam War, but quickly dissociates himself from these armed raids. Following the war, he keeps in touch with some other pilots who show him the ropes when it comes to marijuana transport. Soon, he becomes a mercenary for drug traffickers and makes flights between Florida and Mexico. His talents as a pilot are noticed by the Southern Air Transport, a front company created by the CIA. He begins flying armed raids for the American Secret Service who are worried that a communist regime is about to be installed in Nicaragua and are seeking to neutralize Daniel Ortega's Sandinista guerrillas. In 1984, he meets Pablo Escobar in Panama and quickly finds himself transporting drugs for the Cali Cartel, one of the largest mafia networks in South America. At this time, income from drug trafficking has reached more than 5% of Colombia's total GDP. The world market for cocaine has reached 900 metric tons per year, and Colombia produces more than 80% of this quantity. Colombian cartels have to be very creative to succeed in getting the drugs into North America. That's why they need the experienced pilots like Raymond Boulanger, who knows how to outsmart radar systems and sneak through the DEA's intricate dragnets. In 1992, Raymond receives a call from representatives of the Italian Mafia in Montreal to inquire on whether it would be possible to transport drugs from Colombia directly to Canada. After two costly failures, the Rizzutos want to put the odds on their side. The reputation of Raymond Boulanger is second to none. They give him the nod to put together and execute the plan for the transport of the drugs. Raymond begins by finding a discreet landing strip on the edge of a small village of Casey, about a six-hour drive north from Montreal. He makes his first flight from Colombia to check the feasibility of the trip in a King airplane and a small load of 500 kilograms of cocaine. It is a success. The flight lasts 22 hours round trip, is successful in not being spotted, and the delivery was complete within 20 minutes upon arriving in Casey. But a 4,000 kilo load will take a more powerful airplane. His contacts find him a Convair 580 in Bogota. After having improved the payload capacity of the plane by removing all the seats to make room for the cargo, he blurs the tracks by removing the exterior identification marks. At his last meeting with the Italians in Montreal, he meets Christian Deschamps, the man who is to take care of receiving the goods in Casey. Raymond Boulanger is not impressed, but this isn't his first rodeo. While we're telling you some of the wildest and most mind-blowing true crime stories, from the heist of the century to TV bombs, the fake currency exchange offices run by the feds, we'll also be leaving Easter eggs in the podcasts that link to Crime Trip, a game where you can literally step inside crimes in augmented reality. So check out the Crime Trip app on the App Store and Play Store to play along to this podcast. Happy hunting, you perverted little crime trippers.
November 17, 1992, around 11.30 p.m. In the Guajira Peninsula, in northern Colombia, the Convair 580, piloted by Raymond Boulanger and assisted by a co-pilot, takes off with difficulty. Overweight by almost 4,000 kilos due to its huge payload of cocaine, its four passengers, and the barrels of fuel needed for such a long, non-stop flight. The plane struggles to climb to 20,000 feet. All exterior lights off, headed for Canada. As soon as the aircraft takes off, it is picked up on radar by the American NORAD base in Florida, 14 miles off the coast of Colombia. Air traffic controllers quickly discover that this aircraft is unidentified and has not declared any flight plans. An alert is immediately issued. On his radio scanner, Raymond Boulanger then hears, Illegal traffic, probably a drug flight. With no hesitation, he turns on the wing and changes course towards the Dominican Republic to try to lose the radar. As he is passing over the Bermuda Triangle, however, the Convair 580 finds itself in the middle of a storm. Boulanger is facing ice, turbulence, and a headwind of 150 knots. As there is no radar in the Convair, he will have to fly blind, somehow maintaining his heading due north. Despite the turbulence shaking the plane, the two Colombians who act as gas station attendants still manage to pour the fuel into the tanks of the twin-engine aircraft. A single spark, and it would all be over for this flying Molotov cocktail. And it goes without saying, it's four occupants as well. An hour after the storm began, the clouds finally dissipate. Raymond Boulanger then realizes that his plane is now about 400 miles off the coast of Nova Scotia. He hopes that this storm will have at least served to escape the American radar. But he is far from being out of the woods yet. Seeing that the plane has continued to head north, American authorities alert Canadian authorities that an unidentified plane is about to enter their airspace. Two Canadian military CF-18 interceptor planes immediately take off from their base in Goose Bay, Labrador. As the Convair flies over St. John, New Brunswick, the two interceptors follow less than two kilometers back. But Boulanger still has some luck on his side this day because one of the two F-18s abandons the pursuit in order to refuel at the Fredericton base. Meanwhile, the second F-18 catches right up to the Convair. Boulanger can even see the pilot signaling for him to descend with a thumbs-down motion. Far from complying, Boulanger gives him a wave and a smile, because he knows that unlike his own plane loaded with barrels of fuel, the F-18's tank is limited. As expected, Raymond Boulanger finally sees the second F-18 also bug out, as he predicted, to go refuel. The coast is now clear, and the Convair 580 can resume its planned heading. Christian Deschain, a man linked to the Rizzuto clan of the Italian Mafia, must now take delivery of the huge load of cocaine coming in from Colombia. The plan is to transfer the cocaine into two large trucks to bring it back to Laval. 
While the Convair is trying to evade the claws of the American authorities, Christian Deschaines, driving his red van, arrives near Casey. This little village lost in the middle of a boreal forest. He goes directly to the agreed-upon decommissioned runway which belongs to the Canadian military. With the help of his accomplice, Antonio Sforza, Deschaines begins to prepare the landing strip for the arrival of the convair packed with drugs. When everything is ready, Deschaines and his men get into their vans. They leave their engines running to run the heaters because it's minus 30 degrees outside. In short, all that remains is to wait patiently for the airplane to land. Meanwhile, to escape the Canadian Army's radar, Raymond Boulanger decides to start his descent to make the rest of the journey at low altitude. By doing this, though, he loses a lot of speed and lengthens the journey by several hours. But he doesn't really have much of a choice if he wants to stay off the radar. At this time in Casey, Christian Deschaines is worried. Nan has been up for quite a while, and the convair is still not there, and his acolytes are beginning to get fidgety. Something must have gone wrong. At around 7.30 a.m., Deschaines decides to leave the scene, but to stick around in the area. He hangs out around 25 kilometers away, just in case the plane does eventually arrive. Having stayed under the radar, the twin-engine convair piloted by Raymond Boulanger approaches the small village of Casey. Seeing the long, unkempt track, Boulanger begins his final approach, and it was high time because the twin-engine tanks were almost dry. In fact, he only had at most 15 minutes worth of fuel left. Despite the snow-covered runway, the landing is textbook. Boulanger taxis the large white aircraft back away from the runway, hoping to camouflage it against the snow. It is now 9.30 a.m. on the morning of November 18th. But to his great dismay, Deschain is not there. Having been advised that a suspicious plane had been spotted earlier over the Maritimes, Canadian authorities launch four helicopters with military personnel and federal officers on board that head for Casey. For their part, Raymond Boulanger and the three Colombians are getting more and more worried with every passing minute. They've been waiting for over an hour. Since there were no cell phones in 1992, they decide to head to the village of Casey on foot. Using a satellite phone, Boulanger calls Montreal trying to find out what happened with Deschaines. But he can't reach anyone. He then makes another phone call and requests that an air taxi plane pick him up from the Casey runway. The owner of the convenience store they are at offers to give them a ride back to the track in his van, which they accept. All they have to do now is wait for their air taxi to arrive, because even if Boulanger wanted to take off again with his big twin-engine conveyor, he couldn't. It was totally out of fuel. As they are getting ready to head back to the runway, a Canadian Army F-18 rumbles overhead. Panicked, the three Colombians seize the convenience store owner's van and flee in it. Unfamiliar with the area and with no snow driving experience, they quickly get stuck and continue to flee on foot in the Siberian cold, wearing nothing but small windbreakers and sneakers to hide in the forest. The irony is that this F-18 was coming from the Bagotville base and only flew over by chance and had no suspicions of what was happening below in Casey. For his part, Boulanger had hitched a ride on another truck which took him to a lumberjack camp. It was there 
that two RCMP officers who had left by helicopter from the Valcarcia Army Base arrest him shortly after discovering the abandoned plane around 12.30 p.m. When they intercept him, he is on the phone again, this time with an investigator from the Sûreté du Québec police force, whom he was trying to convince that he was in fact a double agent. The RCMP officers take Raymond Boulanger into custody so as not to leave him unattended and decide to return to the runway to search the plane. Around 2.30 p.m., the other helicopters launched in pursuit of the plane arrive in Casey to lend a hand to the agents and the soldiers already on site. It's getting dark a little after 4 p.m., and that's when the police find the three Colombians by following their footprints in the snow. Lightly clothed, they're suffering from frostbite and hypothermia. After being placed under arrest, they are taken to hospital by helicopter. 25 kilometers away, Christian Deschain and Antonio Sforza have been hearing military helicopters circling in the sky all day long. Deschain knows that the plane must have been discovered and that the whole area must be swarming with police. In a stroke of bad, dumb luck on a small forest road in their red van, they come across an RCMP patrol car. The officers stop them and upon searching the van, discover 16 cans of fuel a 38 caliber revolver, and $15,000 in small bills. They immediately arrest the two men. As for the pilot, Raymond Boulanger, he is taken to the forestry camp, which they've transformed into a temporary jail. When he eventually leaves, well surrounded by police officers for his drive back to Montreal, he gives a wink to journalists that will make him famous. RCMP officers complete the search of the plane in which the passenger seats have been removed to make room for many barrels of fuel used to keep the aircraft in flight for that long journey. Even more valuable were the two shipping units holding 152 individually wrapped packages weighing between 20 and 30 kilos each, which total exactly 3,919 kilos of cocaine, with a street value of 2.7 billion dollars, the largest seizure in the history of drug enforcement in Canada to that date. In case of unforeseen trouble, they also found a stash of grenades and firearms, including a powerful Uzi-branded 9mm submachine gun. In the minds of the police, it is clear that this gigantic cocaine smuggling caper had to involve more than one criminal organization. In fact, there are around 20, both American and Canadian. In Montreal, the Sicilian Brazudo clan was one of them. Everyone had to share the cocaine. Each organization placed its order directly with the cartels in Cali and Medellin, Colombia, and paid pro rata to the quantity ordered. It is estimated that each criminal organization must have invested between 15 and 30 million dollars each for this shipment. Raymond Boulanger, for his part, was to receive between 600 and 800,000 US dollars for his transportation services, which is equivalent to 1.6 million dollars in today's economy. In all, seven people faced charges. The three Colombians were each sentenced to 20 years in prison without the possibility of parole for 10 years, while Antonio Sforza, who accompanied Deschamps, got away with a three-year sentence. Raymond Boulanger, now nicknamed Casey's pilot, and Christian Deschamps both received 23-year prison sentences after pleading guilty to the charges against them. The heaviest sentence ever imposed in Canada for drug traffickers.
Raymond Boulanger could no doubt have negotiated a more lenient sentence by turning informant, but he refused to give anyone up. His silence earned him the equally silent, but nonetheless very appreciative recognition from all the criminal organizations involved. So check out the Crime Trip app on the App Store and Play Store to play along to this podcast. Happy hunting, you perverted little crime trippers.